been three days. I can still see the pain, the strain, the blood that drained that day at Calvary. They pierced his hands, his feet, for all to see this man, this king, this Jesus. This tangible passion, this relentless abandon, this love, this hope was gone. But Jesus wasn't finished yet. Today, today the stone's been rolled away. The grave has lost its claim of victory. Death has given way to life, to grace. Our sin replaced, erased by mercy. Hope is alive, mercy can thrive, revive, bring to life the hearts of men. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And in Luke 24, we read, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day. Rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now is Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling, marveling at what had happened. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Today, we celebrate the risen Christ. Today, we celebrate and remember that for those who follow Jesus, because of the resurrection, they may now rejoice, for they, we worship a fully living, risen, victorious Lord, the Son of God. He is risen, risen indeed. And today, of all days, we rejoice that Jesus Christ was not only crucified for our sins, but resurrected from the dead. He is God. He is God. I hope you know this today. 
He was victorious in fulfilling the scriptures and glorifying God. And we are greatly blessed by his love because Jesus conquered death and sin. We are conquerors too. We are victorious. We are also victorious. Pastor Tony Evans once said, those who come to Jesus Christ have already won. God allows us to go through our Christian walk not to win the victory, but to show off to the world that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. We are already conquerors, victors, for he has won. Love has won. Love has won. Yes, Love is one, and we can overcome because he has already overcome for us. So whatever you came in here with today, whether it be hope and joy or grief and suffering or anything else, we can see resurrection power in our life in these things. Today is the day you ask God to give you a spirit or renew a spirit within you of an abundant life, a life being lived to the fullest with him, with Jesus, with the Lord. Abundant life. And living to the fullest is found in Jesus. Listen to this. Romans 8, 34 to 37 tells us, reminds us by saying this. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? For as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you believe this today? Do you believe that Christ Jesus died, but more than this, raised do you believe today that you're victors, conquerors? We are conquerors through him who loves us, Jesus Christ. Do you believe you have victory in Jesus because of Jesus? This can be and should be a truth for you today if it isn't already. This can be and should be a truth for you now. And that will be our focus today. We can overcome because he has already overcome for us. That will be our focus. Because of the resurrection, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because of the resurrection, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. A couple weeks ago, I asked for volunteers to share with me a troubling task, something which was greatly troubling them, greatly burdened. Today, I want to ask you all to volunteer in a different way. I want you to think about a time when you won, when you won big. Maybe it was something like a big tournament, a big game, a big prize. Maybe it was a science fair back in your school days or some other contest. Think of a story about winning something growing up. Now, I'm not talking when we have won an argument or a fight. Something positive. I don't think it's coincidental, though. 
that as you think of something to win, you might be struggling. Because although we all have winning moments in life, Satan doesn't want us to focus on those winning moments. Satan wants us to focus on the bad, the flaws, the failures. We must remember the good. But ultimately, not just the good things of this life, the flesh. Remember the goodness, the greatness of God. The greatest victory to see, to remember, and to focus upon is not something of this world at all. The greatest victory to see, to remember, and to focus upon, to magnify at all times is not a sport, not a contest, not a prize. It's Christ's defeat over death, hell, and the grave. This is a victory which we all can and should greatly remember. Do you remember this victory every day of your life? This is a victory that you and I are coming together to celebrate today on Easter, Resurrection Sunday, and every other Sunday. This victory is meant to inspire us in our very own day-to-day life to continue on, to never give up, to continue to improve upon ourselves, never turning back to the old life, but instead living the abundant life in Christ because of the resurrection, because of the resurrection. Christ's victory over the grave makes us victors over this life. Let me say that again. Christ's victory over the grave makes us victors over this life. Turn to a neighbor, turn to a friend, turn to a family member. Give somebody a call today and say, you are a victor in Jesus. Turn to your neighbor, your friend, call somebody today, your family, and say, you are a conqueror. You see, the thing about victory is that it means the battle has already been won. Let me repeat that. Victory means the battle has been won. Christ has won. God's love has won. And because of this, we can and should be living as more than conquerors now. Never give up. Never give up. Live an abundant life. Live in Christ and the power of the resurrection today. Today, I want to share Three incredible truths with you. I want you to consider each of these as you celebrate the resurrection of Christ and the implication to believers. Number one, number one, as victors more than conquerors, number one, there is a better way to live. There is a better way to live. Anyone in here believe in certain superstitions? Certain curses. Maybe we joke about needing to knock on wood. We fall into believing from time to time that if we don't do something as simple as knocking on wood, we're experiencing some sort of negative outcome. We're experiencing some sort of negative curse. In a similar way, the Bible says that there was a curse in all humanity, a negative outcome. But this one is not just superstition, not just fun and games, not just joking. It's real. And it In Genesis 3, it tells us of this saying, The man, Adam, called his wife's name Eve, because she was mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments and skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of, from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at least of the garden of Eden he placed, at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and the flaming sword that turned every way 
to guard the way to the tree of life. This was the punishment for the sin that had been committed by Adam and Eve in the garden. This was a curse, a negative outcome. They're banished from the intimacy with God. Paul tells us about the curse being present for all humanity, saying that we are in essence born into sin, cut off from God. This is the whole reason we needed rescue, sent in the form of Jesus. There's a really powerful picture, though, if we look forward, of the curse being broken in the Gospel of Matthew. As the writer is telling his account of Jesus' crucifixion, look at what he says when Jesus breathes his last. Matthew 27, 50-51 tells us, When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment... The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks split. Did you catch that? The curtain was torn in two. The veil of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom. This may not seem like much when first reading it. But let me give you some context. The veil of the temple separated people from the holy of holies. And this was where many believed God's presence dwelt. So only certain people could go back there. There was a great mystery around God's presence. But here, the veil was torn, declaring to all who were watching that even though you were separated from me because of your sin, I have now made a way for all to enter in. Today, the curse of sin has been broken. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 18 tells us that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We are more than conquerors. We are victors. Does this mean we never sin again? No, of course not. We still live in a, in a cursed, broken, fallen, sinful world. But it means that now there's a better way to live, an opportunity for us to choose something else. 1 Peter 1, 3-5 tells us, Blessed be the God and the Father of Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in the heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, there is a better way to live. Because Jesus has already won. Jesus has already been the sacrificial offering we needed. And sin need not control you. For it has been conquered. The resurrection means that just as Jesus has conquered the grave and sin's power, we can too through God's power within us. Through God's power within us, we can live abundantly in Jesus' victory. Yes, we have a Savior willing to help us in this fight and a spirit within us willing to lead us and equip us. But that's not all. That's not all. You see, number two, as victors more than conquerors, remember, Jesus always wins. Jesus always wins. Say this with me. Jesus always wins. Let's sit in that statement for a moment. Jesus always wins. Jesus all, always wins. 
Some of us need to meditate on that truth for a while. Maybe this will be your takeaway from today. Maybe this is the truth you need to be reminded of. Jesus always wins. Jesus wins always. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus wins. Turn back to them and say, always. Jesus wins. Always. Even in the end, Jesus wins. Have you ever watched a movie or read a book and just really wish you could know the ending? I think of books like The Lord of the Rings where I finished one. I couldn't wait to get on to the first page of the next book to see what was going to happen next. Well, when it comes to our life and God's plans, the reality is we already know how this story ends. We have the chance through God's book, the Bible, and the book of, the Revel of Revelation to read the back of the book. And in this we see Jesus wins. Revelation 20 verse 10 tells us of this. It tells us, Revelation 20.10, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake, a burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You see, the devil, the one the Bible says exists to steal, kill, and destroy the people of God, he loses. God wins. But maybe today he's the one that has your full attention Maybe you find that you've been giving in to sinful desires and falling deeper and deeper into sin. Or maybe you just have been overwhelmed with grief and burdens of the world, the flesh. And you don't know where to turn today. And you have tried just about everything and you find yourself needing help. Surrender to Jesus. Surrender to Jesus. It's time to surrender completely to Christ as we know how the story ends. When Jesus died, the veil was torn. God made a way for people to have a personal, intimate relationship with him. Don't live to two masters, but one. James 4, 7-8 reminds us to submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Jesus always wins. Start living with this being a way of life at the forefront of your mind, speech, your actions. Jesus always wins. This thought should characterize our lives. Draw near to him and don't allow a space for anybody else. Don't allow a space for the devil. Follow God, accept his ways to victorious life. A great example of how God works in this area is found in Genesis again, but a few chapters later, Genesis 12 1 to 3 tells us, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I want you to notice how many times God says to Abram, You versus I. Notice God is the one doing, we are the ones going. We must simply draw near to him, allow him to work. This is the call. It must first be accepted, is follow the I. And the I is not you, but God. If we really believe Jesus had been triumphant over the devil, he should no longer get to call the shots in the lives, in our lives. That is God's rule. Follow him. One final thing I'd like to share with you today. Number three, the third true statement today is this. As more than conquerors, as victors, remember, 
Don't focus on the battles. The battle belongs to the Lord. Focus on the risen Lord. Remember, the war is already over. Love has won. God won. And this may be difficult to, a difficult concept to wrap our heads around. So let me explain. Do you remember learning about world wars, battles of history in school growing up? Maybe from your parents, a family member, or friends. Maybe you remember watching movies about them. One thing I know about wars is that it isn't just a day-long process. Wars often span over the course of years and decades. But within each war, there are different smaller battles going on. And if we expect to find victory in Christ, we have to be aware of the battles, but in the light of the entire war. Remember Christ's victory. Remember the resurrection. Remember that although there are smaller battles going on every day, Christ has already won the war. Christ has won the war. Remember the story of David and Goliath, where David went up to Goliath not fearing at all, and David said to Saul, who was in disbelief that he could do anything, said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God, the Lord, who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul then said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. There's some strong imagery put forth by David here. But what I want you to see is David didn't focus on the battle. He didn't focus on his enemy. He didn't focus on Goliath. He focused on his great God. David understood that his faith in God to bring victory would be the thing that led him to victory. We must realize this more fully today ourselves too. Listen up. The war against sin being already won doesn't mean that we won't experience individual battles each day where we feel tempted to go back or look away from God's love and victory. But our victory in Christ and us being more than conquerors means that through his power and strength, we can live victoriously even when sins come knocking. Let me say that again. We can live victoriously even when sins come knocking. There is power in the resurrection of Christ. In this we are made more than conquerors through him who loved us greatly. If you're looking for good news today, don't look any further than the message of the gospel, the message of the resurrection of Christ our Lord. You can live abundantly because Jesus has already overcome. You are a conqueror because Jesus has already overcome you too are a victor in this world, for you are new in Christ and have the Holy Spirit to equip you, equip you for battle. Live abundantly. He is risen, risen indeed. Jesus is alive. And remember, John 14, 19 says, Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. You see, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, it's a big deal. The Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 15 about the power and the implications of this resurrection for all those who believe, saying, 
If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. You see, if the resurrection of Christ didn't happen, then none of what we're doing today matters. If Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday never happened, then we should all pack it up and move on. But here's the thing. If it's true, which it is, and if Jesus is alive, which he lives indeed, as we assert and believe, then we must take time to consider what implications this truth will have upon our lives. I think that's the problem. So often we say he's risen, risen indeed, but we don't really think about what this apply means to us today. We don't apply this to our life now. As we enter into a time in prayer, of prayer and worship today to close, I encourage you to consider the truth and the power of the resurrection of Jesus upon your life. Consider the reality of Jesus' life, death, and the resurrection. In him there is hope, there is salvation, and there is victory. Be more than conquerors today and forevermore in Christ who loves. There's a better way to live. Jesus wins always. Don't focus on the battles. Focus on our great Lord's victory. Let's pray together and close now. Lord, we thank you for you sent Jesus. And he didn't die on that cross and stay dead. Three days later, he would rise again victorious over death, victorious over sin, and victorious over the devil and his domain, his power. We thank you for we are more than conquerors through him, through Jesus, who loved us so. Help us to live in this truth today and every day. Thank you for your love. Amen.